Hi, and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, co-hosted by Abby Fearing, the Badass Breastfeeder, and Diane Cassidy, IBCLC. Hey, welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm Diane, the Lactation Consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And if you were with us last week, we were talking about Laura, and she emailed us um, a situation that happened to her when she had her first baby 17 months ago, and she's now pregnant with her second. And um, was a little bit concerned about, you know, the weight gain of the baby the first time around. And she got some really poor guidance and just really very, very difficult situation that unfortunately we see a lot, a lot. And and if you weren't with us last week, stop and go back. Go back and listen. Because you want to hear her whole story. Her whole story is is very interesting. And I guarantee you that you're going to be able to relate to part of it. Yeah. And um, so start there and then come here. Yes. So we left off talking about what happens with insurance and and lactation consulting. So as I was saying, lactation is supposed to be covered by the Affordable Care Act. It was something that was put in. Everybody gets a breast pump now. You know, like that was a big deal. We were so happy about that. Um, We were so excited when they decided to cover it lactation services and all that stuff. But it really depends on what your what your plan is. Like they really will find ways to not do it. You yes. know? Um here and it's so variable. Like here we've got um Excellus, which is, you know, the majority of the people have, and then we've got MVP and then Aetna. Um and then there's a couple other ones, little ones that are filtered in there too. But Aetna, I can bill Aetna directly. For, for my services and they oh. will cover six home visits oh awesome in full like they'll just cover it for a mom and, and you know what I, I i really have to stop saying awesome to those kinds of things it i should, should say, be normal damn right? right damn yeah. right you yeah. know yeah it should be normal and this we shouldn't be like you know oh yay no this is exactly how it should be and it should even be more it should yeah, it should be like unlimited. You need it. You need it. Go ahead. Whatever you need. You need it. Have it. Yeah. But they will cover six. Excellus will cover nothing. They will cover Ugh. absolutely nothing. And if they will not let me in network, they're like, nope, we're not credentialing anybody into network as a lactation consultant. We're not accepting that at this time. If mm-hmm. a mother calls them, which happens all the time, because they'll say, oh, I've got this great insurance that covers everything for me. Call them up and see what they say. Call them. I want to see a lactation consultant. They'll say, oh, I'm sorry. We don't have anybody in network. Because they won't put anybody in network. That's why. Mm-hmm. So it's very frustrating. Um, MVP will cover like half, which is, you know, better than a stick in the eye, but still. Uh, you know, like it just really depends. I can give people information on how to get it reimbursed or how to try to get it reimbursed. And I tell people all the time, like, file a claim because if, if they see these claims coming in, then maybe they'll go, oh, this is a thing. Yeah. Like, we need to do this. And it's prevention. Yeah. It is prevention. It is supposed to be covered. For God's sake, right. we shouldn't have yeah. to beg for this. This is ridiculous. But if it is not, like if you want to fight with your insurance company, you know, call them up, see what you can get. Like call them up when you're pregnant and find out what is, what am I, what can I have here? And if they say, oh, you get a hospital visit. No, of course you get a hospital visit. That doesn't count. What do you get outside the hospital? You know, like, come on. You have to really spell it out. And if somebody says to you, yes, it's covered, write their name down or something because the next person might tell you it won't be. The other thing that I have found that happens is sometimes, like, 
sometimes a pediatrician, especially if it's a weight gain issue or you're really complaining about pain or something like that, your lactation consultant or your pediatrician might be like, I think you should see a lactation consultant. And if they write something up like a referral or something, that might be more likely to be covered mm-hmm. than if you're just calling and going on your own. I remember also I was working with this company that um, provides, like does the helps women connect with a breast pump through their through their insurance. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to the person, he was like, he was like, you also might, you know, you get all of this, like, cause some people call their insurance company and they'll be like, no, you're not covered. You don't get a free pump when actually it's not true. And so there's people, these people that answer the phone at insurance companies don't always know. Mm-mm. They're not always, they don't have, they don't even always know what the hell they're talking about. So I don't know what to do about that, but like, just keep calling or like whatever, or ask where you can find the, you know, this information written down somewhere or something, because even just like the, like the people at the people answering the phones might not have the right information. Right. They might not. And that happened when, when they first started covering these pumps, when Obamacare went through and they first started covering the pumps, the insurance company, it was hilarious because the insurance companies were like, what? Like they had no idea. Yeah. And I was like, working, no, we don't. They had and no idea. And they're like, yes, you do. Yeah. They were clueless. And I would tell people all the time, don't even call your insurance company. Cause they'd be like, well, how do I get my pump? Do I call the insurance? I'm like, do not call the insurance company. Call the durable medical equipment place because yeah, they're the right. ones that know what to do. Your insurance company has no idea. I was working at a hospital at the time and I had to call about something, one of the pumps or something that we were, I don't know that they were a mom had a question because they needed to get prescription from the hospital and blah blah blah. And um, the insurance co- the person I had on the phone, she was like, "We are." I remember her saying this. We are, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes, you're covering this now." We are really? Oh, all right. Well, I, I guess they need a prescription. I don't know. Like, totally, totally. So now yeah. like, that is finally like under control now, at least as much as I can see. But um, it really took a little bit of time, and they had no yeah. idea. And it does. I mean, it takes time to train everybody and let everybody know that this is what's happening. And I can't imagine how many changes must That's be coming just... through on healthcare on a regular basis that they would have to try to keep up with. Yes, right. Yep. So yep. right, and it's not exactly. And, and we're talking about healthcare, which covers like everything. Mm-hmm. You know, everything regarding your health. So you think like you're calling about lactation? Well, like some person, you may be the first person that person's ever talked to about lactation. So don't hesitate to call them and see what you can find out because it's a really important piece of things. Um, so we were talking about how to find a, a real lactation consultant, you know, going on ELCA and, and finding that and, and seeing where you can go with it. Um, I don't hesitate. Like if, if somebody is referred to you from your doctor's office and it's somebody that works in that office or whatever, don't hesitate to even say like, what's your background? Or, you know, if you're meeting with somebody prenatally and say, you know, this happened to me last time, this was my, this was my situation. Would you have had me doing formula like that? Cause this is not what I wanted to do. I felt very unsupported. There's ways to have a mom. And really she might have felt so much differently about this situation. If somebody had just said to her, you know what? This has to be so traumatizing for you right now. I know you feel like you're doing the best you can and you're feeding and you're pumping and you're, you're coming to these doctor's appointments and it just, we don't know, you know, why the baby isn't gaining weight, but we really want to help you figure this out. But, you know, like, if somebody had sat and talked with her about it and like, 
validated her, this right. would have had a completely like, different outcome. Yeah. If somebody who has chosen to work in the helping profession <laughs> had actually <laughs> spoken to her like they were trying to help her, yeah. maybe she wouldn't have felt so traumatized. Yeah. Plus, I mean, if she had no family, I mean, you know, we can't, yeah, you can't, I'm sorry. Go, yeah. And that's just the whole, like, she was a total setup for like a postpartum yeah. depression situation. And it sounds like she came out of this on top, you know, thank goodness she had great support with her partner and, you know, she trusted her instinct, but this is where like, we really need people that are working with brand new mothers to really step up and be like, I know this is really hard for you. Let's figure out how we can make it better. Yeah. Mothers should be involved in the plan. It shouldn't be exactly. like, you have to do this or you're going to be put in the hospital. Yeah, they what? should be part of the plan of how you're going to make this work. It's yeah. And what is that? We're going to admit you into the hospital so that the nurses can help you, like, hold the baby while you IV or like, what? When does that even, I've never heard of that. And I'm not, it's not like I don't, you know, have you heard of that? I have not heard of that. However, when I worked at the hospital, I had heard with my own ears, nurses say things like, the baby's starting to look a little bit yellow. You might want to introduce some formula if you want to go home with your baby. We did hear that one. Mm -hmm. Which is a direct threat. Yeah. And of course, the mom's going to be like, well, I don't want my baby to stay. They have to go into light, so I'll give formula because I want to take my baby home. Because we didn't say right. that. Yeah, Right. I know. At that point, you're kind of like, how do I get out of here? Mm -hmm. It's like jail or something. Like, what do I do? I got to get out. I got to get out on good behavior if I just like <laughs> and like agree to things. Then maybe they'll let me go home and let you give me a break. Give me a break with so, the whole letting thing. Yes. So I think for Laura, like for going forward for her baby number two, like she's already so ahead of the game because she's trying to figure out how to get ahead of the game already. Yeah. You know, right. Um, but I think first of all, too, like staying with the same provider, like if she goes to a doctor visit, you know, a day after discharge, if that doctor says, we don't think the baby's gaining well, I think she should continue to see that same doctor. The other thing is, were they weighing the baby on the same scale every time? Mm -hmm. You know, like what was happening with that? Um, did they ever watch the baby breastfeed? Like, that's another thing I'll ask parents, too. Like, if they say, oh, my doctor said A, B, and C. Like, did anybody in the office watch the baby breastfeed? Did anybody see the baby latched? Does anybody know if yeah. the baby is even latching well? Has anybody seen yeah. that? I mean, that's a that's a big part of it, too. If somebody's saying to you, oh, your baby's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, then why? Why not? Solve the problem. Why not? They just say, oh, your baby's not doing well, and it must be your fault. You must not have enough milk, and your baby's not feeding well. You have right. a lazy baby. And they're not feeding well, and you don't have enough milk. So you have to give formula. Well, why? Why is that happening? We don't give birth to lazy children. That doesn't just happen. <laughs> like, it just, you know. Right. Just That's like, not like, oh, my baby just she chose not to breastfeed. Right. He's just not, he's not into it. I mean, no, it's the just, Babies are born to breastfeed. They want to, and they will with a little help. Right. And I, I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen. It could very well have been a sucking issue. She maybe wasn't really transferring as efficiently as she needed to. But that is where if you have somebody that is trained and knows what to look for, they will solve that problem. Yeah. And she, yeah. So, you know, she, she says that she lives in like a small town outside of Minnesota. Wait. 
Minneapolis. It's like 20 minutes outside of Minneapolis. And I don't know. I think like bigger cities tend to have more options. Mm -hmm. I'd make that 20 minute drive. Oh yeah. I I would make that 20 minute drive to some place. I would like tap into, I'll look and see if the badass breastfeeders of, um, I have, there's a group, there's a group of a Facebook group of moms who are finding each other all over the world. And I'll see if there is somebody, and I can see for anybody who's listening right now, let me know. You can tell me, ask me if there's one in your city, and I'll, I'll help you find it. Um, find out if there's one in Minneapolis and get in there and be like, I want to find, I'm looking for a lactation consultant that's going to support breastfeeding. And the moms in there can be like, here, here's one. Yeah. And like, that's, just, that's a good thing about bigger cities is because there's more options. There tends to be more people. There tends to be like you know, just more resources. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had moms that come from a distance to see me. Yeah. Like the, I've had, I had mom a couple weeks ago come like an hour and a half. Well, yeah, I live in Chicago. It takes me 20 minutes to go to the end of the block. Right. Like it's like 20 minutes is not, I know when you live in a small town, 20 minutes is like, you know, you can go three towns over in 20 minutes, but I mean, really you, you know, it's make worth the it. drive. Over. Yeah. It's worth it for sure. It is worth it. And this is the kind of thing, Laura, I don't want to, you know, like put a little bug in your ear here, but this is the kind of thing that makes lactation consultants because you have things like this that happen and then you solve your own problem and you get through the problem and then you're like, I don't want this to happen to somebody else. I'm going to go on and get the training yeah. that I need to be able to help other mothers. Right. And this right. is where we get this peer support from. People are like, oh, how did you end up being a lactation consultant? Nobody grows up and says, that's what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Like, it's just. Right. You have a terrible time breastfeeding. Right. <laughs> and you, you get into it because it became a passion when you were doing it yourself. I, that's what I always say. People are like, how did you get into social work? I'm like, I was a troubled teen. Yeah. I ran into a lot of social workers. So I became one. <laughs> you, know? you know? I mean, it's what happened. It's just. Yeah. So we have yet to even talk about this whole thing of how her boobs are broken because <gasps> they're tubular. I forgot that part. Oh, yeah. the broken boobs. Yeah, her boobs are broken. So, yeah, if you remember, so those, again, if you're listening to this episode, you need to go back to the previous episode. You need to go back to part one so you can hear Laura's entire story. Um, you're going to love it. I mean, not love it, like, because it sucks. But I mean, like, you know, if there's a lot that you're going to hear about yourself in here because it's just like yeah anyway so this person somebody tells her that she has tubular breasts and that's an indication of low supply so let's beat this one for a few minutes oh my god <laughs> so is that true diane <laughs> so there is a thing called insufficient glandular tissue and there is like certain breast shapes. They say the tubular breast because women that have tubular breasts could have less breast tissue. Okay. But I have definitely, again, it's not a cookie cutter situation. And I have seen women that are, you know, have tubular breasts that are fine. You know, that, that do not have a problem with making more milk. Usually, do most do most women that have tubular breasts um, have insufficient glandular tissue? No, and it usually goes along with something else hormonal too. So it's not even most. No, no, it's not. It's not all that super common. It's know? one of these like things that's like 
there is like some sort of correlation. Yeah. I'm wondering. Then we're going to talk about correlation versus causation. Yes. I'm wondering if this woman just is not like, does she not maybe see a lot of breasts? I don't know. Like, I know that sounds so weird, but. Oh, I know. It's like, like, oh, your boobs don't look like mine. They must be weird and broken. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't, like, why would you say that to somebody? I don't know. I I don't know. I hear stuff like that all the time. And I always wonder, like, why would you say that? I hear the flat nipple thing. I hear the inverted nipple thing. I hear, you know, when women come to me and they're like, well, the the baby's not latching good on the right side, but I. But that nipple over there is weird. So they said that's why that might happen. No, it's not weird. It's right. it's fine. It has nothing to do with that. Nothing has anything to do with that. Um, I don't. Maybe she just really doesn't know what breastfeeding breasts look like or something. Yeah. I don't well, know. She doesn't know. She's never seen those posters that are out now of all different kinds of boobs hanging there. Right. Exactly. You know, maybe, I don't, maybe she have one of those in her office, and she'd be like, "Oh, not everyone looks the same." Right. I don't, you know, how much experience did that mother have I, or did that woman have in, yeah. in being able to assess this? And like, I think you're right that there's like, you know, it, there were ser- you know, they're searching for answers and they don't have answers. So they just start grasping at things. Well, look at your boobs. Look at your nipple. Look at that. Look at that. No, it's like, well, that's not helpful because the chances of that actually being part of the issue are very slim. Right. And they're grasping at straws because they don't know. And they can't say, I don't know. Right. Which sucks. It sucks to say, I don't know. And I'll tell you, if that if she really did have insufficient glandular tissue, if those were really truly tubular breasts that were not developing milk, she would have had to give that baby formula or she would have continued to lose weight. Yeah. And that's not right. what happened with this situation. So. Yeah. She was gaining weight slowly. Right. She was gaining slowly. Probably the way her body was meant to gain. Yeah. Um, but she would have continued to lose because she would not have made enough to even be able to sustain the baby as, as a weight gain. Right. So it, that is not a problem here for her. Um, and she even, and this is what Lori even says at the end. She said, uh, my mom breastfed all three of us exclusively for six months and then some more. And she looks just like me. Right. So like she, you know, she's like, but wait, my mom breastfed me and she's got boobs that look like mine. I mean, it's just... I have, it, it kind of goes back to when people used to say, oh, you have small boobs. You're not going to be able to breastfeed. Your breasts are too small. <laughs> right. Yes. All the, ugh. I have seen women with big boobs. So you're going to have oversupply. No, I have seen women with big boobs not have a great supply at all. Right. And I have seen women with very small boobs have an oversupply. So mm-hmm. it really, it has no bearing on what it looks like. It's all about what's going on inside your body. It's really just, people need to get educated about that. And there's nothing wrong with you. Women are perfect and beautiful and they look exactly like they should look. Yeah. And stop calling them I mean, tubular breasts. They're breasts. Let's call them breasts. Right. That, but we do ask things like, you know, did you have breast changes during pregnancy? Because when you get fuller and you go up a cup size or, you know, even whatever, if you, if you go up a cup size or if you go up a little bit in size or if you get fuller, you're, you're getting more, more breast tissue growth. That is your body getting ready to breastfeed. Um, 
sometimes women aren't aware that they're even having that. And I have to ask the dad, mm-hmm. like, does, does she have breast pain? Because sometimes the mom's like, I don't know. And the dad's like, yeah, you do. You know, like, it's just because I think like some people are told, oh, my gosh, like from their friends. Oh, my gosh, I grew it. went up two cup sizes. I got huge when I was pregnant. You don't look huge. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Right. Right. You know, so maybe she had, you know, breast, did she have breast changes? Like, I would ask, I would have asked too, like, how much were you pumping when you pumped? And I think I've said this before, but for people that, you know, have never listened before, um, I mean, pumping does not indicate how much milk you have, but it does tell me a story, you know, like, and mm. if the mom says, yeah, I'm pumping after every feed, like she was, and I'm not getting a drop, then mm-hmm. I might be concerned. But if she yeah. says, yeah, I'm pumping after every feeding and I'm getting about half an ounce and I'm feeding it to the baby, that's fine. Like, that's not a milk supply problem. Yeah. You know, like, we, if you were not getting anything when you're pumping, that would be a problem. She did not have a milk supply issue. She didn't. Or that baby wouldn't have gained. She would be, she would have supplement the whole time. Yeah. No, and I didn't have it either. And I mean, like, when I had my first son, my, I was induced. So they were like, you're not making any milk yet. So because you were induced, you know, you're, you know, because your body, you know, where you were induced. It is broken. And so yeah. you're, yeah, you're, and so your baby's starving. <laughs> like he was like hours old and they're like, you need to give him formula. And, um, so I did, I mean, I was like freaking out, you know, they're like, he's starving. That's why he's crying. That's why he's crying. That's right. He was <laughs> crying. He was crying because he was starving. No other reason. Yeah, and then, and yeah, Ugh. and so then he's on formula, and then it's like the same thing. Then you're on the formula, and then, and then it's like this vicious cycle. It's crazy. And like we were saying on the last episode, again, go back and listen if you haven't listened yet. But <laughs> yeah, um, when you get on that cycle of, of supplementing, then it's like you really—it's hard to get off of it. But what I think is important to say too about it is there is a formula has its purpose. It really does. It's got its purpose. It's there for a reason. If you are having trouble breastfeeding, if you are, you know, needing to supplement so that we can get the baby's weight up and whatever, keep them out of the hospital, according to that lady, um, <laughs> then yeah, then that's, that's okay. But we also, you need to be working with somebody to make sure that you're not overfeeding your keeping your milk supply where we need it to be or working on the milk supply, working on the latch, working on the feeds. It doesn't mean we just abandon everything. It means it's a, it's a, just a bandaid. That's all it is. It's, we use it. It's supposed to be used as a medication. It's just something that we, you know, just to get over the hump if that's what we need to do. And not all the time. It's not the magic cure all. It's not the, the be all and end all really. It's not. And if you want to be a breastfeeding mom, you can be a breastfeeding mom. We just have to get you the right help and the right support. Yeah. Yeah. It's very frustrating when we read stuff like this. And I know it happens all over the place. But um, it does. And this is like, this is every mom's story, right? I mean, this is like a different details. Like you, every mom listening is, is, is saying like, well, that didn't happen to me. That didn't happen to me. Well, right. She's got different details, but like, there are so many, the majority of moms go through something like this mm-hmm. when it comes to breastfeeding. Yeah, absolutely. And that was what, when I was writing my, when I, before this blog even started, I was like writing my breastfeeding story, you know, you write your birth story and then 
Like <laughs> I was like writing it down and then like I started the blog and I was like, well, I'm just going to share this. And people were like going nuts. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh my God, that happened to me too. They got me me too. And I was like, what? Yeah. Well, that's weird. That's weird that this like screwed up situation is happening to all these people. You know, and that, you know, it is. And, and again, like, uh, so I have this friend, I always use her as an example. She's a childhood friend and she did not want to breastfeed. She, she knew about breastfeeding when she got pregnant and she wanted nothing to do with it. It made her uncomfortable. The whole situation, you know, you know, women have, sometimes women have trauma in their childhood, mm-hmm. any kind of something like that. And breastfeeding was not an option for her and she did not want to do it. And that's her damn business. Right. And she didn't do it and she fed formula and that's, you know, that's fine. And, and that's, and she knew that that was something that she just could not do. She just couldn't do it. And, and, and okay. So there you, and, and so there she's saying, you know, then she's using her option. She's making an informed decision Mm -hmm. to, to make this, you know, decision about her life and her body and her child. And that's exactly what everybody should be empowered to do. Yeah. And then, so we have the flip side too, where, um, formula has become so like a reflex in the hospital, you know, where it's just like this, even when there's no reason, you know, it's just like, oh, well here we have this, use it, you know, here we go here, we got to use this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and it's a lot of the time, because I said no too. And I was told it was just really not an option, you know, and, and I, and I, again, I, I felt the same way. Like, how am I going to get out of here? You know, how am I going to, like, I walked in here willingly, but I sure can't walk out willingly. Right. You know, and you're, you are a lot of times bullied into using formula, even when you're, you know, maybe somebody's not standing over you making threatening comments, but just the fact that you, you know, being told that your baby's starving or just like you can't leave until your baby's like, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. Like these are threatening things, mm-hmm. you know, and this makes women feel trapped and it's, it's terrible. And so, yeah, again, with like people needing, people having the information, all of the information and well, you know, moms can't help it, you know, cause, cause people are pushing them around. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, you know, I can't, I didn't even go back to a hospital for, with my second child because I was too scared. I was too scared to get myself into that situation again. I don't even like being in elevators. Yeah. <laughs> I did not want to be in a hospital without my choice to leave. Like I, like that freaked me out. Yeah. I've had other people tell me that too, that had home births after their hospital births. They were like, I just, I couldn't get out and I just didn't wow. know what to do. Here? Yeah. It's like, it's very like nerve wracking. And like, yeah, I, I mean, having this, having this information is, is vital to you making the informed decision about your body and don't let anyone talk to you like you're stupid and like, like you're, you know, like you're under their control. You don't, I mean, I know not everybody's got the personality where they're going to be like, you know, get out of my face, but like, do not let doctors talk to you like that. Don't let, don't let people bully you. Right. Be educated on it. That's all. Yeah. Know what's right and what's not. And when, you know, it's just, it's so important to have, have that kind of control over what's going on. And, and actually to not be bullied is to not be rude or snappy or loud at people to not be bullied is just have information. Mm -hmm. 
to have information and to know what's, you know, what's, what the situation is. And Laura said, Laura said many, many times throughout her email to us that her gut feeling was that everything was okay. Right. You know, and then even with the boob comment, her feeling is like, well, that doesn't even make any sense. So she knew, I mean, she got bullied. She was freaking out and all this. And all along, she knew everything was okay. And, you know, the same kind of thing with, you know, the hospital thing. When I had mm-hmm. my twins, my son was down like 10%. And they weren't going to discharge him. Ugh. And I remember, and I'm not one to really even like, at least at that time, to really be one to speak up and go against things. And I remember being like, I'm not leaving one of my babies here. Like, are you kidding me? Like I refused. And then they discharged me, but they had, they sent a nurse home to check his weight every couple days or whatever. And then after a few days, I like got rid of her too. But I was like, there's, I'm not, no, I'm not leaving a twin here. No way. Oh my God. Yeah. No way. And I, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's very frustrating, but if you can get the info, you know, if you have the information, ahead of time. and I know like when you're pregnant, oh my God, it's so foggy, you know, like yeah, everything yeah. is so foggy and you don't really, you know, and I had a mom recently that was in um, a childbirth series that I did in December and she listens to the podcast too. So she hears it, she'll never tell you, but she, <laughs> um, she was in my, my breastfeeding class and my childbirth series and in my childbirth, in my breastfeeding class, you know, I, I don't expect everybody to remember everything because you're being given so much information from all over the place when you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. But she remembered that I had said about talking about dairy allergies when you bust. I'm not a huge fan of the dairy allergy thing. So, I mean, I know it happens, but I don't think it happens as much as people say it does. That's kind of my thing. And that I can can complain about that another day. But the, um, She sends me this Facebook message, like frantically sends me this Facebook message one day because she didn't have my, she couldn't find my information, find me a different way. So she sends me a Facebook message and she's like, oh my God, I had the baby or, you know, a couple weeks early and this is what happened and they had me doing all this stuff and, you know, the baby, you know, long story short, the baby is like super fussy and miserable and the doctor said that he thinks it's a dairy allergy and he wants me to stop breastfeeding and go on Nutramagen. And I'm like, what? No. And she goes, but I remember that you said, don't do that. She's like, I, I just, oh. I remember that from your class that you said, don't do this. Oh my God. So what do I do? And I was just like, oh my God. You know, and I told her, I'm like, I think it's an oversupply issue, which it was because the baby was in the hospital for a week with different, you know, whatever going on because she was a few weeks early and they told the mom to pump. So she's pumping like crazy. And then the baby was breastfeeding and then they discharged them and the baby's breastfeeding fine. And they never told her don't to stop pumping. So now oh. she's got this huge oversupply problem and was never given oh. any guidance on what to do. And the baby's fussy and they've like, oh, it must be that you're eating dairy. So just stop breastfeeding. But she, like, she got some information prior to to be like, this doesn't sound right to me. I need to figure out what I really need to do here. And that's what we want from you mamas. We want you guys to be like, all right, I got some information. I don't think what they're telling me is quite right. Let me make my own decision on this. You know, we're not telling you to be like, you know, 
hold up picket signs in front of your pediatrician's office or anything like that. But well, you can do that too. If you yeah. <laughs> we just want you to be informed. Like we want you sure, to be informed right. that, you know, it's just, it's so important. You would be with any other, anything else that happens. But I feel like with babies, we start out so like timid. And then you really like, as your baby gets older, you start to get a little bit more vocal about what's going on. But we should be that way from the very start. Yeah. And it helps to take those classes, like take those classes if you can find them and, you know, you get, start getting information like really early. Yeah. Get the info and, you know, just read on stuff. and It's important. It really is. They have like online. I mean, I don't think the online childbirth and breastfeeding classes would be as good as actually going to one, but they do have them for people that are just too busy to actually go. Oh yeah. 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 Or buy a book. Like a, not not what to expect when you're expecting because no, then all kinds of stuff that you weren't expecting is going to happen <laughs> and then you know like a breastfeeding book i have so many women that like when they're pregnant they do so much stuff for the pregnancy but nobody really thinks about the breastfeeding piece nobody plans yeah on well, I think, I'm, yeah because you because standing in between you and breastfeeding is birth right and that's that is all that can fill your head. It's just like, oh my God, I have to get this baby out of my vagina. Like, and it's just like birth turns out to be, of course, this like amazing thing, but it's like literally, you know, a lot of hours or a few hours or whatever long, but it's literally counted in hours. Yeah. You know, but it's so, you can't, it's like, it's so hard to think about anything beyond that. Cause it just seems like, oh my God, you have to go through this like magical gate. You know, oh. you got to make it through that. But even like Laura, she was like, I read and I thought I was prepared. And then when yeah. there is problems, it's like, what do you do? Who do you go to? Yeah. You know, when you're pregnant, you've got an OB. You can always kind of fall back on. There is no, but when you're pregnant or when yeah. you're, you're breastfeeding, right. you, yeah. you have to find it yourself. You have to search out that info and it's, it's frustrating yeah. and overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. That's why I think you should find a lactation consultant before you even have your baby. I agree. So Laura... Definitely, like, reach out. We can always Skype. Be fun. Yeah. But um, and anybody that's out there, like, we can give you some info if you need info on how to find a good lactation consultant in your area. Like, we'll, we'll help you out with this. Well, yeah. Or send us your story. If you have an interesting story where things happened, um, send it to us and we can read it and we can talk all about it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because it is so good for people to hear, especially yeah. to hear that, like, you weren't the only one that this happened to. Yeah, right. I think that makes people feel a little bit more validated too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Laura, for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you. And if there was anything else, definitely you know hit us up. Um, but we'd love to hear how it goes with the next baby. So, yeah. You know, so stay a badass. Yeah. <laughs> so that we can we send can, us pictures. Yeah, so we can know what's going on. And I don't even know what we're going to talk about next week. So sometimes I'll say hey, partner support. Oh, partner support. Yes. We're going to talk about partner support. And this is key because as you saw in Laura's topic. email, she said her partner was her rock and she wouldn't have been able to Yeah. Do can you imagine all. going through all of that with somebody who, with nobody or even with somebody who was like, forget it. Just forget it. Just, just give formula. Just forget it. You so know, gonna- God, it makes, oh, and so many people go through that. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that next week and, you know, just, it'll be fun. It always is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> always. We're <fun>. a blast. 
You want to live with us, don't you? Everybody wants to hang out with us. <laughs> all right. So we will see you all next week. And uh, leave a review or yes, send us an email. Review. And yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. See ya. Bye.